Hello, and welcome to the very first episode of Data Unchained. This is a podcast about the new world of decentralized data and remote workforces as companies are distributing all over the globe. I'm Molly Presley, and my first guest is David Flynn, CEO of Hammerspace. Hammerspace is the company producing this podcast, and David's experience here as our first guest talks not just about experiences related to Hammerspace, but more largely as an entrepreneur, an investor, and really an influencer in the technology space. So David, I'm so happy to have you on the podcast. Well, thanks, Molly. Glad to be here. Would you tell us a little bit about your background um, and maybe while you're doing that, a little bit about Hammerspace? So, uh, sure. Uh, I'm a, a technologist. Uh, I wear the CEO badge, but uh, I started my career as a hobbyist computer programmer and have uh, um, been an avid uh, avid developer. Um, but I guess my my claim to fame or what I'm most known for is... Uh, uh, the uh, venture Fusion IO that introduced uh, solid state technologies into uh, the enterprise world. That, that would be my claim to fame. So what was your role at Fusion IO? Um, uh, I founded the company, started as CTO, uh, building, building the technology. And after going through three different CEOs in three years, I was convinced uh, to take the role as CEO. Um, uh, which I really enjoyed. And uh, so, yeah, CTO, then CEO um, uh, throughout the, the company. And as you think about the macro trends going on in the world right now, there's a lot of change going on in the world between changes related to the cloud, to companies becoming more remote, decentralizing. Um, kind of what would you say your experience, both as a developer at Fusion, even here at Hammerspace, um, has really led you to thinking that this is a topic that's really fit for conversation of a podcast like this? Well, you know, at Fusion.io, uh, something very interesting happened in the industry with solid state. Um, having such high performance density in Flash uh, versus the low performance of mechanical drives Um caused a, a sea change event uh, to shifting from the centralization of the storage array and having many, many mechanical drives grouped together so that you could better get maximum utilization of the limited resource of those heads on a platter spinning. With Flash, uh, it inverted the whole thing. It was better to distribute the media down inside the servers and to use a scale out architecture. So we, we were at the forefront of uh, witnessed and helped induce the decentralization of storage of the media. Um, and that worked very well for the web properties who had already gone to sort of a scale out architecture. Uh, but for the rest of enterprise, it created a huge problem because this decentralization of the media of storage uh, left behind the data and it left to, led to data being um, compartmentalized, compartmentalized and siloed. So it wasn't followed by the decentralization of data, but rather the ultra 
localization of data stuck now down on the small units of media down in every server. So uh, Fusion IO was about that move towards solid state, which led to decentralization of the media. Um, and now uh, Hammerspace is my attempt, uh, and I think uh, well-positioned, to m make it possible to work with decentralized data, data that is no longer localized uh, within any specific uh, piece of storage. Uh, and it's because Fusion IO drove that to the absurdity down in each server. So decentralized data, what does that mean for a business? You're thinking if you're talking to maybe a CIO who's thinking about their plans for 22, 23, how can decentralized data help their businesses grow? Well, you know, that's the, the fascinating thing. I started this uh, with the perspective on decentralizing data within the data center across flash in the servers or across third-party storage systems. But it turns out that same problem at a macro scale between entire data centers taps into a bigger problem that CIOs, uh, CTOs, uh, even the CEOs of companies have, and that's how to get more uh, people uh, accessing data, especially with, with data being such an important part of the modern world, how do you get uh, your your professionals, uh, IT, uh, your, your, your knowledge professionals, uh, access to data uh, from uh, far-flung places in the world? And that's, you know, that's kind of where we're seeing uh, drivers today around the um, distributed workforce and the fact that people want to work from home has changed the game entirely. So how do you see when we think about the conversations about global data, decentralized data, um, how has COVID affected the need for solutions to make this possible? Well, I think it accelerated a trend that was already underway. You know, in the technology world, we have had, you know, programmers working from uh, around the globe, especially in the Linux and open source community. It's a very distributed community. Um, but COVID, um, accelerated uh, this move towards having people work from home and not just home a few miles from the office, but home as in a different state or even a different country. Uh, and uh, so that that's one area where it's changed a lot is, is the expectation of being able to work uh, remotely, even with uh, workflows that are extremely data intensive. And that's where it gets actually rather difficult. That That's one. So hasn't the cloud really solved a lot of these challenges that we hear about cloud regions all over the world and different cloud companies and different, you know, coming out of their roots in the Americas or Asia or wherever it is? Um, what, what's different about our solution to global data as we think about really what needs to happen in this idea of like a data supply chain? Well, I think... Um the cloud is a very important part of it in that you have infrastructure resources that are themselves distributed. Um, but the challenge is the data itself. It's very easy to find server resources anywhere. It's easy to spin up storage systems anywhere. It's difficult to have your data uh, where you need 
uh, to use it. So again, it's it's that same thing that we saw with Fusion IO. Fusion IO is at a at a micro scale of distributing data in and among the servers by having very high performance density flash. And here we're talking about having uh, whole data centers now that are distributed around the globe, ready and willing to take workload. Uh, but how do you have your data there? And and it's not just about a given you know, cloud provider, it's that they have different regions, they have different data centers, and you have to choose which one. And then uh, your data is again, uh, localized. Um, so I like the statement, it's, it's easy to spin up infrastructure, a storage system anywhere in the world. It's hard to have your data there. That's a great observation. So, uh, you know, we all read a lot of articles every morning in our various business reading list, thinking about digital transformation. I think that the last 10 years, it's mostly I've been reading about infrastructure, cloud first initiatives. How do you migrate your data centers to be more power efficient, decarbonization, things like that. And what you're really saying is the the genesis of this conversation for the next decade needs to be more around how do you get their, your data there and how do you use it? Am I understanding that right? Yeah, uh, we have to go up the stack. The infrastructure is one thing and having distributed infrastructure and being able to, you know, through APIs, spin up access to and use of the infrastructure is one thing, but we have to look at data as something that's real. It's a real resource and it is often the product itself. It's the thing which is being delivered from one company in the supply chain to the next. Uh, you know, it, it, uh, in the media and entertainment world, we don't use film anymore. What you're shipping are bits, you know, in, in, uh, many industries, what's being shipped, what's being, what is the product is data in the bioinformatics and life sciences, in the chip design world, these designs, these, these are all, these are all data. And when you look at the supply chain, meaning having companies that do work on behalf of other companies that do work on behalf of others, what's being delivered up and down that chain is becoming more and more uh, data. And uh, the problem is, how is that delivered? The state of the art um, today, pre-hammerspace, is that data is delivered by copy. You're literally taking and, and, and taking a point in time and copying it, and you send it off, and, and everybody's handing around copies. So I'm curious, what would the alternative be? <laughs> yeah, it's kind of hard to imagine an alternative because <laughs> we're so used to it. By the way, handing around copies wasn't always so easy. We used to have to do it by sneaker net. I was so proud of the fact that Fusion IO was actually used to ship Avatar, the movie. Like they put the bits on the Fusion IO devices and used those in a briefcase um, on a plane as a way to, to ship it. And we still do ship data that way sometimes because it's actually higher bandwidth to carry the media than to, to send it over networks sometimes. But, but now our postal service is not widely reliable, so we need an alternative. (laughs) Well, and even if you copy the data over a wire, over a network, it's still a copy. And see, the thing about copies are they are like amputating a limb from a live tree. As soon as you've made the copy, it's now dead. It's not connected to the source of life. It's not no longer evolving and, and growing. You've shipped something off to have it you know, grafted into somebody else's systems where they can operate on it and then they have to hand it back. So in a world where your uh, supply chain of data 
is via copy, you're literally uh, amputating limbs and shipping them around and grafting them in. You're creating a Frankenstein, you know, with body parts that are stitched together. Uh, and it's not part of the same live data environment. So um, the alternative, which is radically different than 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 what people are even used to imagining, because what we know is this world of copying. It, it makes sense, right? But in a in a world where you can actually share access to a live data environment and have that that environment rendered within different data centers in different locations equally well as if you had local performance because you do have local performance. If you can do that, it becomes a different thing because now you're actually sharing access to the same live data. Um, so that, that's, that's really what's radically different is that the data management, the, the, the movement of data, once you put it behind the facade of data and hide it, say behind the file system, th then um, it's hidden and uh, it, it no longer fractures your view of what is the data to these units that are copied out and severed and become a fixed uh, point in time, no longer evolving with the data environment. So it sounds like we ought to, in one of your visits back to this podcast, have a little bit more conversation about how <laughs> Hammerspace works on creating this global data environment. But, you know, kind of thinking about the other types of guests that you'd like to see on this show as you think about what it really takes to accomplish decentralization, digital transformation, what other types of guests beyond technologists and kind of the IT industry do you expect me to be a part of this conversation? You know, clearly the the folks who wrestle with these kinds of problems all day and supplying these, so the, the IT professionals, um, CIOs, CTOs, but um, I think this goes well beyond that. This goes to um, the um, the leadership of a company who are thinking about how to operate um, with other companies. So how to um, provide their product and service in a digital world where that's a digital product and service and how to coordinate that with others. So we're, you know, we're talking here about the, the folks whose primary task is how to create valuable products and how to deliver those products, especially in a, in a world where markets are mature and layered and we, we uh, divvy them up and hand them out to get better efficiency from it. So I think the kinds of guests that, that, uh, you know, that are interesting for this podcast are, you know, first the people who are um, entrepreneurs uh, uh, and leaders looking for and driving innovative ways to bring value um, to the digital economy. Uh, and then those beneath them who are looking at how to actually deliver on that, that dream. Um, yeah. So business leaders um, and uh, technologists, and I think we'll have uh, a good chance to bring on uh, analysts and, uh, and folks who are thinking about uh, this from a, a macro perspective as well. Ah, interesting. So, you know, as we tie things up, I think one question that kind of is lingering in my mind that I want to ask you is we talk about 
unchaining data from the data center, making it a decentralized resource. What, how does data help humanity? What kind of problems in the world is liberating our data um, going to really help us to um, you know, solve problems with? Um, well, you know, that's, that's a softball kind of question because, because software is eating the world, isn't it? Mark Andreessen puts it, um, yeah, data is the, uh, the, uh, uh, the new oil. It's funny you use that analogy, um, because even oil fields, the, the piece of land that is, you know, has minerals underneath it to be, to be mined or, or drilled, uh, even its value is more and more. It's increasingly in the data that has been gathered about it, um, the the seismic data, the the information on the the uh, what's gone in uh, to produce it. The, um, so we're seeing in any of the most um, uh, legacy industries that that data is having a massive transformative effect and we're seeing that accelerate now with machine learning and ai being able to to make better utilization uh of the data um so i don't think there's an industry out there that isn't affected by uh the opportunity for digital transformation to to um to change the competitive dynamics in a way that you can't ignore um regardless of how uh, fundamentally um, legacy or the, the industry is. Um, uh, yeah. <laughs> Very far-reaching implications for sure. Well, that, that gives us uh, a lot of, uh, a lot of topics to discuss a lot of, a lot of areas to discuss, you know, and um, that, that's what can be exciting about, uh, about this podcast, hopefully bring in professionals from a, you know, a myriad of, of different, whether it's bio and life sciences or, or in the, uh, maybe oil and gas, like we were just speaking about, or, you know, clearly in, in the world of media, entertainment, uh, you know, uh, software and game design, you know, these, these should all be really interesting areas to explore how data is, is trans, how data is central to their business and what things, um, could, uh, uh, could change the game for them, you know, uh, make a, a quantum leap in, in improvement. I, I think, you know, it's uh, decentralization of data. We're, we're seeing the same thing, by the way, in the world of um, um, cryptocurrencies and blockchain. It's another form of decentralization that is very apropos, uh, this ability to create a decentralized trust. You don't need a central trusted agent. Right. Um, so view this as as part of a, an even bigger trend. The decentraliz decentralization of data out of, you know, its silos and, and localization in single data centers or single systems um, is one thing. But we're seeing that same thing as the world becomes smaller and smaller need for things to work in a, in a distributed decentralized fashion. David, thanks for a great conversation. Thank you for being the first guest on the Data Unchained podcast and for sponsoring making this possible. Well, I guess I have to sponsor the podcast so that I can get invited. So this is great. <laughs> <laughs>
If you have a guest you would like to hear on the show, email me at molly at hammerspace.com. 